You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am so thankful you're here. I have uh, been a fan for a long time of John Jantz, who is a marketing consultant, speaker, and author of Duct Tape Marketing, Duct Tape Selling, The Commitment Engine. SEO for Growth and the Referral Engine, and the founder of the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. His latest book, The Self Reliant Entrepreneur 366 Daily Meditations to Feed Your Soul and Grow Your Business, is a daily reminder to entrepreneurs that a better you makes a better business. John, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. So, John, you are OG podcaster. Tell me about when you started and kind of what tools you were using and where you are today with your show. So I started my show in 2005. It's called Duct Tape Marketing. And, you know, that was early days. I mean, blogging had been around a couple of years at that point and, and podcasting seemed like the next sort of evolution of it. But, you know, the tools weren't there. You and I were recording this today on a tool called Squadcast, but none of these online tools existed. And so I actually did a lot of my first interviews over the phone with a, a secret spy, you know, FBI thing that you plugged into your phone and recorded both ends of it. And then I had to physically get another adapter that I had a recorder plugged into that, but then I had to take a cord on the recorder, plug it into the computer to transfer it <laughs> over. And then I think I started using GarageBand was actually around then, which is a Mac editing program. And so I edited it with that. But I tell you, it was a lot more work to actually produce an episode. And I think the other real change was, so you produced it, great. It was really hard for people to listen. They had to actually have their own special tool. We called them podcatchers, you know, which were some of the early ones out there, which could actually allow them to listen. And then I don't know what year it was. Uh, other your listeners will know somewhere around 2008, 2009, Apple decided to put a podcast listening app natively on the iPhone and, and the rest is history because then it became very, very mainstream to podcast or to listen to podcasts. And so then you saw the big, you know, the NPRs and the, and the big media companies all over the world, whatever Canada's version of that is, you know, all over the world that were now uh, producing podcasts. But yeah, early days, it was a little rough. And, and frankly, there was also a, a, a moment in like 2005, 2006, where podcasting sort of got overshadowed by social media that was brand new. And so podcasting took sort of a five-year hiatus, I think, in its early days before it really ramped up again. Now, you and I are recording this in 2021. And I don't know, I think I saw something like 67% of all adults, you know, admit to listening to podcasts now. So it's pretty crazy. I heard a stat recently, 46% of podcasts have one episode. So people started it. It's like that late night thing, like we should drive across America. We should drive across Canada. And they kind of get one kilometer like, oh man, this is tiring. <laughs> no question. There were a lot of times I felt like, you know, it was uh, more work because in there, you know, currently my podcast, I've been doing it long enough. I have enough listeners. I have sponsors now. You know, it makes sense for me to podcast. But in the early days, I'm not sure how much sense it actually made for me to be producing this content in terms of business goals. But what I always tell people that I loved about it was it really was my sort of accountability for talking to people I wanted to talk to. You know, I tell people today I would still do it <laughs> because of some of the cool conversations I get to have. It forces yeah. me to have, right? Like, you know, Seth Godin, Ben Shapiro, Stephen Covey, Michael Margolis, and I think your favorite, Allison Levine. Yeah. yeah. 
So do you remember the host you were using back then? So you would record it. And do you remember where you would put it? Like, was it an RSS feed or was it, do you remember what you were using at the time? Probably the oldest tool still around is Libsyn. And that was my first podcast uh, host. Um, and, and I'm still with them today. That is amazing. And they continue to be a very great host. I feel like we're in host wars right now. Everyone wants us. Like Anchor to Red Circle. I want to say we were on SoundCloud six years ago. That's where we started and it would feed it to iTunes. And then we switched to Anchor. And now we've just switched over to Red Circle so we can do those dynamic ad insertions. Well, and that's what a lot of the tools are becoming is slash ad platforms in a way. And of course, now you know Apple and Spotify are introducing subscription capabilities so that if people want to take ad-free or premium content. I know some of the big media companies are going to do the subscription model that's ad-free. And so I think you're going to see a big change in some of the platforms based on that. Yeah. The podcast that I love, like a Malcolm Gladwell, Revisionist History, his ads I actually don't mind because it's host-read and he puts his spin on it. Yeah. Like my business partner allowed me to buy furniture and I went to Article and look at all that I got from Article, which by the way is a Vancouver company, so shout out to Article. And by the way, our NPR is the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. So I actually don't mind Malcolm's ads. And even our own, just with Market News Canada, we will do host read and put them in manually. And now thanks to the Red Circle, it'll be automated. But yourself, are you using kind of random, like can anyone drop in or are you kind of manually doing yours at the moment? We completely do ours manually. I don't know if it's because of the longevity or the brand name, you know, that we, we have beyond just the podcast. I mean, we have, you know, newsletters and, and things of that nature. And so we've always kind of built ours on what I call sponsorships more than ads. We do read ads. That's definitely a part of it. But we've stayed away from the CPC kind of model, yeah. cost per click or impression model, and, and have really kind of partnered with people that we hope really want our audience as much as anything. Yeah. And those are the best. Because ideally, even like a, like a Tim Ferriss, who made a commitment, I'm only going to talk about brands, products, services I personally use. right? And so we kind of went that route. And so again, we love Hootsuite. And so we partnered with them. And, and probably if other folks have come to us, we probably would have had to awkwardly say no. Like, it's not you, it's us. <laughs> we've intentionally, I mean, I don't have a lot of inventory for sale. I mean, we've intentionally have one sponsor per show rather than, you know, putting all the, you know, no offense, but the GoDaddies, you know, and all those kinds of things that you can have as, you know, cluttering up a show. And I, I'd like to believe that, you know, we have people on there. It's not always a tool that we use, but I definitely give, you know, certainly preference to uh, tools that I'm very familiar with. I love it when those folks come to us. Yeah, I can admit, back in the day, Malcolm was doing a show and he talked about Blue Apron. And I Googled Blue Apron in Canada because I thought it was the most brilliant concept. And we didn't have it in Canada, but I found the alternative, which was Chef's Plate at the time, and became a subscriber. And I was a converter from podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I have always done my reads. I don't know that I'm as entertaining as as some people with them. Um, Another show, you mentioned Seth Godin uh, has a podcast uh, called Akimbo, and I'm the same way. I don't ever mind his ads, but I will say that one of the things he does is he really has outside advertisers. He's actually promoting a lot of his own programs and things. And I think that that's a brilliant use of podcasts as well. 
Yeah, I've seen that with that. There's a YouTube creator who I love, Mark Rober. My son got me into him. My son's 14, and it's brilliant. He's a, an ex-NASA scientist who does these incredible experiments in his home, and he's usually got a social cause to it, but it, they're incredible. I love him. And there was always some ad for some sort of scientific kit, or he was promoting something. And then I remember the video where he just promoted his own training. He said, hey, if you want to take a school by me, he created his own little school. And I was like, good for him. Good for him, because he knew his platform had that influence. So I want to ask about your latest book because I am fascinated by this concept, you know, daily meditations to feed your soul and grow your business. Like you're not a monk. Those that are listening to this, I'm looking at John right now and he's not wearing, you know, he's not in a cloister, he's not wearing robes, but the book sounds like it comes from that world, that church kind of, you know, cathedral community. So tell me kind of the, the connection between the soul and meditations and today. So it was really a book, I mean, at its heart, it's a book I wrote for myself. This was uh, actually my sixth book. My previous five books were all about some aspect of marketing, very you know, specifically. You know, at some point, I, I wanted to write a book that fit into my daily practice, which I think being an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is the greatest self-development program ever created, <laughs> if you allow it to be. But it also is something that I think you have to develop a practice of working on yourself, if you're going to survive, if you're going to, you know, realize that a lot of being a successful entrepreneur is about letting go and, you know, only controlling the things you can control. Uh, so it's a lot of, I mean, uh, let's face it. I mean, I think a lot of entrepreneurs work on themselves, you know, call it self-help, personal development, whatever we want to call it. And a lot of entrepreneurs that I know, at least, have developed kind of rituals and habits that, that allow them to kind of stay in the moment, to get prepped for the day ahead, those kinds of things. And so... This book is a book that fit into a daily practice that I've had for years, where I do try to take some time to myself. I've journaled for years. I've meditated for years. I generally read something that I find inspirational and kind of use that as my centering thought for the day. So I basically said, look, let's write a book where I can actually take my years of doing this, my experience, let's face it, my opinions, you know, probably, you know, about um, these things. And I anchored each day's reading in some work from the mid-19th century, authors that, you know, many of us had to read in school, you know, Thoreau, uh, Emerson, you know, Louisa May Alcott. And it was all written in a very narrow band of time when a lot of, uh, you know, stuff was hitting the fan in, the, in America. It was kind of the first counterculture period, the Civil War. We were on the cusp of the Civil War. Uh, women were finally starting to you know, be heard about the right to vote. We were trying to abolish the legal act of human slavery. So a lot of the writing from that time was really some of the first kind of counterculture, like, hey, you got to do what's you know, right for you. You got to stand up for yourself. Maybe you shouldn't listen to our elders. You know, even the fiction of that time, you think Moby Dick and Scarlet Letter and, and Little Women. I mean, it was the first time you started seeing protagonists in literature that said, hey, this may cost me everything, but I got to do what I got to do. And I think still today, some of the greatest entrepreneurial advice, you know, for getting your mind right. So every day is anchored in a reading from that time period, then 150, 200 words for me, contextualizing it maybe for today. And then I uh, throw in a question every day for you to you know, have something, maybe it's a journaling prompt or whatever it is that you do. So the book has been, you know, it's been, a, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was one of the more gratifying things. And I, and I, you know, it's one of those books that I think will serve people for years. So it was kind of a cool project. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's amazing. So, John, you mentioned in the title you broke, you know, that there's the brain, the mind, there's the heart, which is like the emotion, but you mentioned the soul. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm pointing to my belly right now and not my mind or my heart, but... What does the soul mean to you? And what does that look like for entrepreneurs and those that are in marketing? You know, what you just said is this mind, body, spirit connection. I think all of those things have to be right. And I'm not saying that people don't build amazing companies, amazing things, you know, just being totally self-serving in a lot of ways. But I just think from a personal human perspective, I think that you know, when people talk about balance, to me, that's balance. It's not like how much you work or, you know, what you do for a living, you know, or like your home life versus your, you know, work life. That to me is not balance. It's more, you know, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? You know, are you being true to yourself? And, you know, are you taking time to really nourish kind of all those things? That's that's really it to me. It's amazing. So if someone has not already got a copy of My Daily Bread or My Utmost for His Highest, but they want something in their life, they want something that's non-religious, get them on the right track in the morning. This book's available. Was it Amazon? Where, where can we find this? Where, you where can, can buy this book pretty much anywhere you buy books, all the online stores. There's the e-reader version as well as the Audible audiobook version as well. So whatever format, wherever you like to buy books, it's... Uh, um, and, and there are, you know, there's nothing overtly religious, certainly, about it, but there certainly are some things that cross over into what people might call spiritual. So when I think of this book, I remember seeing a book called The Five-Minute Journal, and it was very involved. Like, I needed a pen, I needed to get to it, and there was a lot of work on my end. What you're saying is, I get to read stuff, be inspired, there's a journal prompt, so I could, like, additionally bring a journal with me with this book and make it a super experience, or I could just read it and just chew on that thought and question through the day. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I've heard everything as you can imagine. People read a week at a time. They read, they jump around to any page because it is dated like a calendar. So theoretically, you could read it, you know, by the day. But I people tell me all, all kinds of ways that they choose to dive in. 
And you went, I'm going to assume, 366 because of the leap year. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I had a I had a brother that was born on March first, and we used to always tease him that you know had it been another year, you know, he he'd only been like four instead of twelve. So that is amazing. That is me. So tell me about duct tape marketing. It's such a fascinating term. I was gonna bring duct tape on to do a little like sound, like like pulling the duct tape off because it's so cool. But tell me about the branding. Why duct tape marketing? Well, so at, at the time I created that term or that brand name, I had been uh, working with small business owners as a kind of traditional marketing consultant. I had worked for an ad agency prior to that. So that was my learning of how to work with businesses. I took any kind of work, you know, big projects, little projects, big companies, little companies. But I really found that I, I enjoyed working with small business owners. But they were really frustrating because... You know, they didn't have the same budgets, of course, ever, but not even the same resources or time or attention spans. And so I really decided if I was going to work with small business owners, I was going to have to find a way where I could take a very systematic approach and literally walk in and say, look, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here are the results we hope to get. Here's what it costs. You want it or not? (laughs) And to my delight, what I realized was in trying to solve my frustration, I actually tapped into what is still today one of the greatest frustrations with small business owners. It's actually hard for small business owners to buy marketing services. And it's actually gotten worse because everybody's selling a piece of the puzzle. So the idea that somebody would walk in and say, we're going to start with strategy for tactics, we're going to install a system and you're going to know what it's cost, you know, was a very innovative approach. I started to document this approach. I wanted to find a way to replicate this approach. I wanted to you know, write about it and, then, and create almost a course-like approach. And so I decided, well, I, I got to give this a name. It's got to be a brand you know, rather than I'm almost trying to turn marketing into a product as opposed to a service. So in search of that name, you know, I just landed on the idea of duct tape marketing as being you know, I had worked with small business owners and it just felt like the perfect metaphor for what it's like in many cases in small business. I mean, it's simple, effective, affordable. Yeah, sometimes maybe it's not always pretty, but it sure works. And I think that that idea or that metaphor really resonated with small business owners. I will say the only unfortunate thing is that the book Duct Tape Marketing has been translated into 14 languages and it doesn't always translate quite so well. Now, our Canadian brothers have and sisters have red green, and so uh, you know, uh, duct tape translates well there. I was actually going to ask you about red green. Were you inspired by the red green show? I'm a fan, absolutely, absolutely. It does okay in the UK, although they're a little bit puzzled by it. But some translations, like the Portuguese translation, is sitting on my uh, desk back here, and it translates to marketing that is low cost and effective. Um, so not quite as sexy as duct tape, marketing, but. Oh, that's fascinating. John, are you feeling ready for this uh, rapid fire round? You bet. All right, John, thank you for sharing so much. I am so excited to get a copy of the meditation book. I just am thrilled. I think especially during this time when people are home a lot and thinking a lot about themselves and their own soul, this book is perfect in timing for a time like now. All right. What was your first job? <laughs> First, first, like I worked at just down the road, a gun club. So there was a, you know, sporting shooting, you know, ski trap. And this was back before the days of automation on some of these machines. And so I would sit in the trap house and literally load the thing onto the machine, the little clay pigeons on the machine for a dollar an hour. That is amazing. I I think I was Uh, 12 12 or 13. (laughs) That's 
awesome. Are you a night owl or an early bird? Oh, definitely early bird. I'm up most mornings by 5 a.m. and check out by 9 o'clock. <laughs> a cat or a dog person? Dog. I don't hate cats or anything, but I'm a dog. You're a dog person. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, good clarification there. That's wonderful. What is the first thing you marketed? I sold subscriptions to our uh, local newspaper. Again, kind of a like walk around the neighborhood. Um, I don't know how much money I made doing that, but that was my first uh, first thing I sold. Awesome. Dark or milk chocolate? Oh, definitely dark. Your favorite word right now? Oof. Favorite word, brilliant. Last charity you supported financially or volunteer time and why? Around the election in the United States, <laughs> there was a lot going on this last November. And there is a homeless shelter that basically got permission to create mailing addresses for homeless folks so that they could register to vote and they needed a little extra help. And that's the last one for sure. We do some things on a regular basis, but that was kind of the last one I was very inspired to help. Very cool. Uh, What's a movie you love that you can watch over and over and over again? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's an oldie. I actually um, read a book one time and they said the author of the book was talking about, you know, people's beliefs and, and characteristics and, you know, how they show up. And he said he could pretty accurately guess what somebody's beliefs or, you know, desires in the world were by their favorite movies. So I've... Studied that idea deeper, and I'm sticking with Ferris Bueller. That is awesome. I'm curious to know what Shawshank Redemption would say about me. I should look that up. What is a favorite song or album on repeat right now for you? I'm, you know, so bad. Like, do we even have albums now? I mean, it's like streaming music, right? So I don't know who the names of albums are hardly anymore, which is terrible because I was a big album guy. Anyway, Lake Street Dive is kind of the band that I'm into right now. And so, you know, it's Spotify. This is Lake Street Dive is my favorite album. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. It's perfect. And if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing with your life? You know, I would love to uh, be able to spend all of my time building furniture. Okay. Cool. Like a Ron Swanson. I don't, I don't know Ron Swanson, but... If you, yeah, look him up. He's a great furniture. Not only he plays a character on the show called Parks and Rec, his name is Ron Swanson, but the actor himself is a great woodsmith that makes furniture. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah, that's most, if you looked at my uh, Instagram feed and reels that come in, it's a lot of people cutting stuff up with wood. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, favorite children's book? So I'm not 100% sure this was targeted to children, but Maya Angelou had a uh, book that was called Life Doesn't Frighten Me. And it was illustrated, I think it was targeted as a, to adults as much as anything, but it, uh, it was brilliantly illustrated by an artist who has since passed. Well, I guess my angel has passed now too, but uh, about 20 years ago, I used to give that book to clients all the time. That's awesome. What is the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? Ooh, getting harder. You know... It's really a deep one. You want it? Yeah. Okay. So I used to be a huge conservationist, environmentalist that basically was black and white, like getting rid of these creatures is wrong. Building these buildings here is wrong because you're natural habitat. And I've since read a couple books on, yeah, some of those things are bad, but actually some of them enhance some of the species that are around. So I'm actually getting a little more tolerant about how these species actually 
are able to evolve and maybe human beings aren't as awful as we seem like. Awesome. That's a great one. What is a life hack you'd be willing to share? I don't know if there's a life hack. It's something it kind of categorizes as a life hack and it's nothing you know, earth shattering for people. But one of the best things I do is every morning I get up and drink 32 ounces of water immediately with apple cider vinegar and lemon juice in it. And it just nice. kickstarts my day. That's awesome. Have you tried one of those apple cider gummies yet? I have not. I have not. And you know, a lot of times, or a lot of people just hate the taste of apple cider. I don't. I don't hate the taste of apple cider vinegar, so it hadn't had me going looking for a solution. Okay. They're good. They're like goji. I tried goji. Delicious. What is a marketing book you'd recommend? So this is going to be controversial. The Practice of Management by Peter Drucker. It's written in the 50s. Most people would not consider it a marketing book. I think it's the most brilliant marketing book ever written. Right. I'm going to check this out. This is great. It's the first time I've heard this one. So this is, I love these gems. What is an app on your phone you can't live without? None of them. I'd like to live without my phone if I could. But having said that, I will say that I do a lot of hiking and biking. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of the apps that I use for finding trails and then finding my way on the trails are really valuable to me. So I use trail forks. Yeah, I use trail forks for riding, and then I use all trails. There we go for hiking. All trails, yeah. I use those. Those are my two. Yeah. So fun fact, trail forks was developed about an hour and a half from where I am right now in a place called Squamish, British Columbia. Nice. Yeah, by the same guys that made pinkbike.com. Awesome. What is a podcast you'd recommend? It's kind of boring because I have a confession. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't have a commute, so I never really got into it doing that. I do listen to a Kimbo Seth Godin's podcast pretty religiously. And I've started to get into a few more of the ones that are, you know, not marketing related, you know, health related, things like that, that just, just to pick up some other ideas. Yeah. And if people haven't subscribed yet to Duct Tape Marketing, you can listen to Seth Godin and John interact on his show, Duct Tape Marketing. Seth's been a great supporter of mine. He's been on my show about five times. That's incredible. I had him on my show. I don't know if he'll ever come back. I awkwardly asked him a question that I wasn't supposed to ask. We didn't even edit it out. So if you ever listen to my interview with Seth Godin, you'll see why Seth may never come back on my show. But, and the but, nice thing about Seth is he probably told you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right away. And it was this awkward moment. And I was like, oh, we'll just edit this out. But I think we forgot to edit it out. So it's great. It's one of the things that's brilliant about Seth is he is incredibly consistent and, you know, is who he is. Yeah. What is a newsletter or website you recommend for resources and inspiration? So I've been getting a, and again, this is sort of workman related, but I've been getting a monthly newsletter from an organization called Planet Ocean for years. And it's not as environmentally friendly as it sounds. It's actually on uh, search engine optimization, but it's kind of been my way to stay up on the changes in all the search engines and what's going on in uh, in the world, which is becomes obviously a key part of marketing. It's amazing. John, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Where are you the most active online? Sure. So the easiest place really is just duct tape marketing. That's D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E marketing.com. I mean, everything I've been doing, everything I write about is there. I am on uh, you know Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all those kind of places, all under duct tape marketing. It's amazing. And if listeners reach out to you, do you typically respond? Do you do, do, do like hearing from people? John at ducttapemarketing.com. Uh, send me an email, say hi, or ask me a question. 
Awesome. John, thank you for being here. Real pleasure. I've been following your show for a while, as probably many of our listeners have. If you if you are a podcaster, if you you even if you just Google marketing podcast, duct tape marketing is there. It's everywhere. A real honor to have you on the show, John. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for coming to an episode of Marketing News Canada. We'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.